On Monday, he gets three critical vulnerabilities from tool A. On Tuesday, he will get four from tool B. And on Wednesday, he will get a couple of others from, from tool C. And at that point in time, they don't know what to do. Do we need to fix all of them? Do we need to stop everything and do only that? Can we really handle those 10 or 15 findings that we get? Scatter. Welcome to the DevSec for Scale podcast, the show that makes security a first-class citizen for growing companies. Welcome back, everyone, to the DevSec for Scale podcast. I'm Jeremy Hess, head of developer relations at Aquilas, and with me today is Ravid Sirkus. And Ravid is the co-founder and chief product officer at a really cool startup in Israel called Simplicity. And they offer a platform for security teams to automate, optimize, and scale risk reduction workflows. And we'll get into a little bit more about that as well. But Ravid, before we talk a little bit about yourself and the company, uh, let's get straight into it. What does a typical security organization have to deal with in terms of risk reduction programs in general? So, so it's, it's a good question. Every, every organization has multiple risk reduction programs. You know, those might be cloud security misconfiguration and uh, vulnerability management and the various uh, parts of application security, pen testing, bug bounties, SaaS security, uh, device compliance, and many more. Each of those programs is different, cover different aspects of the security stack, have its own scoring, its own formatting, the only thing that all those program, programs have in common is the, is, the, is the fact that the security team cannot fix any of those. The people that can fix all of those are development, engineering, IT, help desk, and what have you. And the security team sits kind of sits in the middle trying to get the, the, the problems from the security tools to the people that can actually fix those in the remediation tools. And, and, and in most organizations, this is done manually, fragmentedly on a tool-by-tool -tool basis in a way that doesn't allow the security team to scale and extract all the value from those security tools, but also at the same time, extend the time for mediation because of all the administrative and operational overhead of actually getting that finding in the backlog of the person that can fix that. And I think that this reality is, is one of the biggest concerns of, of the people that currently uh, are responsible for the risk reduction programs. Got it. Great. Uh, and we're going to get more into sort of how that friction works between developers and security on these kinds of topics, because obviously security is the one that has to sort of bring up to the developers what's going on and sort of raise red flags. And then developers, of course, have to actually put those into practice um, and, and actually fix those bugs and all that. So, uh, but before we get into more about that, let's talk about yourself. So can you give the audience uh, a little bit about what you've been up to, your journey and how you got to Simplicity? Sure, so I've been practicing cybersecurity for over 20 years. I always say that I practiced, before it was called cybersecurity, when it was called information security, but it's pretty much uh, the same uh, ideas from, from 20 years ago. I, I've been doing a lot of uh, consulting work for financial organization in, uh, in Israel and in Europe uh, around the server securities and network securities and, and penetration testing. I've spent uh, almost uh, 15 years uh, on the vendor side, being on Skybox Security, uh, both of the VP of Customer Success and the VP of Products. Uh, so a lot of organization and how they struggle with the day-to-day -day processes of uh, vulnerability management and uh, network uh, security. Uh, and then I, I kind of spent a couple of years in doing uh, cloud security architecture uh, with uh, two global uh, 2000 companies. 
a very interesting project, both the native cloud application and the lift, lift and shift of traditional applications uh, to the cloud. And it, 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 I was amazed, I'll say this way, how come that in 2022, uh, many of the practices uh, that security team has are really haven't changed over those 20 years. And you know, with the other domains like software development and IT management, got a lot of progress in in, in many aspects of managing uh, managing their domain as a service. Security didn't do that, and and part of the things that you know formed up to be simplicity eventually is, is the thought that security team should start looking at themselves as a service and, and and as a business that need to be measured, they need to be optimized, and and kind of taking on my experience, my knowledge, both from the vendor side and from the customer side uh, to try and bring that uh, all together into simplicity. Got it. Yeah, that's very uh, an interesting journey. Uh, a, a lot of cool things I think you probably learned in between uh, all that time. And then, of course, on the security side, especially. And that brings us to the next question, which is, why is it that that you're seeing or that you personally probably in, in what you've done, you've seen a lot of friction between the security teams and the developer teams. What is it that really causes that friction? So, so I think I think the friction is is a result of, of tools. It's not a result of a, of a, of, of a culture or, or a will. No one in the development or the IT organization want to make the organization as secure, not in purpose, okay? Uh, but but for many of them, security feels and looks like some kind of an overhead, some kind of uh, of something that always bothered them. And the reason for that, going back to what we discussed previously, is, is the fact that there is an isolation between the security tools and the development tools and the, and the issue tracking tools in a way that doesn't allow the security to be part of the ongoing development process. So. Uh, I'm, I'm a VP of product, so I know I work with my product managers. We have a backlog of bugs, we have a backlog of features, but we don't have backlog of security. It always comes when we don't want that. It always comes when we do not expect that. And, and the main reason is, does it have to be like that? One of the, the security leaders I talked with was kind of joking with me and telling, telling me, I'm always two days late to the spring planning. I'm always calm with the latest vulnerabilities or with the latest uh, problems they need the developers to fix two days after they plan the script and they did the script. And now it's it's very painful because they have to change their plans. They already agreed and started to work on something. And then I'm calm, I come, I'm the bad guy because I make them change their plans. But essentially, uh, um, but essentially it's not that they don't want to fix, it's just the logistics around them. And that uh, that uh, friction is 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 also part of the, the way that security tools work. So you have three or four security tools. You have configured each of them to to send to send the, the latest findings to to Jira automatically. Well, that's great. That takes a lot of manual work from you as the security person. But look at it from the developer point of view. On Monday, he gets three critical vulnerabilities from tool A. On Tuesday, he will get four from tool B, and on Wednesday, he will get a couple of others from, from tool C. And at that point in time, they don't know what to do. Do we need to fix all of them? Do we need to stop everything and do only that? 
can we really handle those 10 or 15 findings that we get scattered? And, and what it ends up with is, okay, we close those Jira tickets, we send it back to security team, telling guys, okay, tell us really what to do. What is the real backlog out of those a lot of noise that we get and a lot of signals that we get from multiple uh, different tools? And that's create and put the security team as the bottleneck, as the bottleneck to the process because they have to go and recompile the list and they need to do it for each and every one of the teams on the organization and provide the, 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 the best backlog that, that, that they can do. So the fact that we went and automate many tools to automatically update Jira actually created much more noise than clarity when it comes to how it looks like from the developer or from the IT professional point of view. And that again caused the friction, a lot of noise. So let's go back and do a manual work. And if we do a manual work, we need to do a status meetings. If we do a status meetings, we need to manage it some kind of an Excel. And, and one of my customers said, there is, there is no sentence in the world I hate more than who has the latest version of the Excel. Uh, and uh, and I think that all of that, I think that in, in 2022 is not something that we can uh, allow ourselves to do. That the same way that no one can think of doing software development without Jira or an equivalent. The same way that no one can think about managed IT services without Zendesk or ServiceNow or an equivalent. And it goes, by the way, to many others. There is Salesforce for sales, and there is uh, uh, things for marketing and things for, for finance. Things a productivity platform for recruiting. Only the security team doesn't have a productivity platform. Only the security team doesn't have something that sits in the middle between the tools in their ecosystem and their customers and their consumers. Okay, and put some order, put some uh, productivity, put some uh, uh, automation in order to make those day-to-day uh, uh, -day processes uh, uh, much easier. And this is exactly what we did in simplicity productivity platform for risk reduction programs. The Jira of cybersecurity, if you want to call it uh, this way, to take all those tracking sheets, all those manual processes, and put them in a consistent and automated uh, workflow that allow the organization to scale because we do much more things uh, automatically and significantly less of them uh, manually. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's brought me to sort of like the next question of, you know, how, how do security teams track their programs currently and, and how are they dependent on the devs? I feel like you kind of answered that, you know, sometimes it seems like a lot of the time they're just really tracking it on Excel. Uh, and then the developers probably have a hard time consuming, you know, those different projects. Yeah. So, so, so true. It's, it's a good mixture of, you know, opening Jira ticket, managing Excel sheets uh, uh, or, or spreadsheets, uh, some kind of uh, emails or project management uh, tools. And, and, and the things about that, it is very costly throughout the entire process. So you need to track everything in one place. And then when you need to understand where it is, when you come tomorrow morning, I, I always talk with the developers, they told me how hard it was to get the funding to Jira to find the right person, to find the right project, to copy and paste it and, and, and to actually create the ticket. And then the, the, there is the morning after when they need to come and go and search for each and every one of the geo project with security items they open, what is the current status, what is the latest comments and, and updates. And there is a lot of manual work involved and they go, go back and update all their tracking uh, platforms in order to do that. 
And then there is the monthly reporting to management, to auditors, to what have you, when you need to go sometimes to Jira, sometimes to your spreadsheet, sometimes to the original tool identify the findings, just to formulate of uh, where we are kind of, and how much we have progressed kind of a, a, a report. And, 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 and that mixture is, is, is a lot of, of manual work, which is not necessary. Okay, uh, there is there is there is the, the 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 distribution of the findings, which is done manually. There is the tracking of the status, which is done manually, and there is the reporting of the of the of the findings, which is done manually. And the only reason for that is because the data is not in a central place; it's on different places, different places in the organization, and therefore you always need to run around and synchronize. Uh, things between between those. If we would be able to create one consistent list uh, throughout the organization that is also synchronized with the issue tracking system, with the reporting system, then we will be in a much more effective uh, place for tracking productivity and reporting of all those uh, security findings. Absolutely. Does that actually brings to mind the thought about where project management comes in? I mean, when is it does it feel like it's been sort of security has been their own project managers and that it makes it difficult for them to focus on sort of the vulnerabilities and the different security issues they need to deal with because they're dealing so much with the project management side of each of these uh, issues? Yes, for sure. And, and, and that one important thing, everyone talk about the, 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 the problem with the, with, with the lack of security experts. But once you are able to recruit a security expert, many of his tasks is project management, is status meetings, is follow-ups, is to go and copy and paste things to Jira, is to go and do tracking. Now, he is a security expert. And one of the things, one, he will not stay for long if he doesn't do security expert stuff. He does, he or she does project management stuff. Uh, uh, and, and, and on the same time, you, you don't utilize his, his knowledge and his experience as a security expert. So we find ourselves in a position where there is a lack of expertise, a lack of people that can be security experts. And at the same time, those that we have are doing project management tasks uh, and, and where the technology around us allows us not to do that anymore. And I think part of the, of the things uh, that the that, uh, productivity platform like Simplicity does is that it takes the security team from operating the remediation program to governing the remediation program and to be consultant and to be the one that identify which team has problems in the remediation process and help them to, to go beyond their, their current capabilities, identify which teams keep opening new problems and might have an education problem rather than, than anything else. You cannot do that when you are in the, in the weeds of, of of copy and pasting findings and come every morning and, and tracking for those. So, so I think that being able to take all those manual work, all this project management and tracking stuff, automate that and put security experts back on where they belong in giving their expertise as security people to the rest of the organization will actually benefit for the entire, uh, for, for the entire organization. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, productivity is the word, right? I mean, yeah. if you're keeping each person with their specific area of expertise and focus, allowing them to fully uh, deal with just that uh, that piece of what they need to deal with, then there's a lot less friction, a lot fewer issues between them, project management, uh, and developers. Right? They can really push through um, the 
the right things at the right time and much more uh, in a much more agile way. Uh, mm -hmm. And that that brings uh, to the next uh, subject, which is prioritization uh, of tasks and, and backlog, because obviously there's a lot of tasks that any part of the organization needs to deal with, including the developers and of course security. Uh, and so specifically with the security teams, how do they prioritize their tasks? And then what would they do? Because there's obviously a, a backlog. You know, how do you also deal with that backlog while ensuring that it's not overwhelming uh, the rest of the organizations and the developers work? Good. So, so it's a good question. So I think the first thing that you will learn at every security practice, which is the right practice, is to contextualize everything. You know, take the, the findings, take the problem, understand its context in order to understand its real risk. Some of those problems, while they are technically correct, their impact or the risk to the organization is, is very limited. Uh, this is the correct approach. By the way, we practice that in everything that we do in our life. When we try to prioritize uh, what to do in our day off, okay, we try to understand what will make the biggest impact. And 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 as as a starter, that's that's the right thing to do. The problem starts um, in two things. First, environments are today are very very dynamic. So something that you contextualize today and seems not important. Okay, or not, uh, and doesn't have an impact, might have a critical impact tomorrow just because the environment changed. And then you find yourself in some kind of a firefight. So, as opposed to be proactive and being able to fix that in a 30 or 60 day cycle, you need to stop everything and do it right now. So, so that's one, one, one drawback of that. The second drawback of that is that. When security team prioritizing, they're focusing on, on, on contextualizing the problem and not contextualizing the solution. And I'll, I'll give you an example, which I always like to give. A, a friend of mine, which is a security engineer, was telling me, I, I got some critical vulnerabilities on, on some, on some uh, uh, Node.js package. And I sat for a whole day trying to contextualize it, understand the impact, understand whether it's uh, relevant to me. And after a day of work, I got to the conclusion that that's not relevant for us. It's a post positive, we don't need to fix that. And then I moved to the next vulnerability on that package, which was relevant to us. And the action item was the same. We need to install that package anyway. So I, I, I lost the day in trying to contextualize, prioritize something where the solution for, for those two was actually the same. So I wasted a lot of time just because I looked at the problem rather than the solution. And I think that that in general, we need to to organization need to stop looking on problems and rather start evaluating solutions. Some of the solutions are are easy. Some of the solutions are riskless. They are, they have no operational risks. And and by trying to prioritize the problems, we are going over you know over prioritizing. Um, and, and actually getting into a motion that we spend time in prioritizing, fixing less, okay? And then run into, into a firefight when, when that context uh, has, uh, has changed. So I think prioritization is important, okay? But it needs to be, it, it, need, uh, it needs to be done, uh, it needs to be done right, based on, on, on solution and not on actions. You know, I think that when security team comes to prioritize, there is one important drawback and that they are doing that with very limited understanding of the organization. And I'll give you an example. Um, 
with one of our customers, we took 250 critical vulnerabilities in their repositories. And, and we did, we've done some work with them to see how those repositories are spread across development teams. What we found out that out of those 250 findings, um, they, they were allocated to around 20 teams. 15 of those development teams have, has everything between three and five uh, uh, findings. There was three teams that have 50 each. Now, when security team come to prioritize, they will take the top 10. That top 10 might be related to only one of the team. They will create overload on that team. Uh, they will go into a sprawl of, of trying to reprioritize it because 10 things is too much, while there are other teams which are completely not aware of their backlog, even though it's very small. Three, fi three findings, there is nothing to prioritize over there. So when the security team sits on the prioritization uh, seat, and they are doing that without understanding how much of those findings are going to each one of the teams. They, they create starvation on one side of the organization. They create overload on another side of the organization. And in general, to themselves as the bottleneck for this entire process, because each and every one of those 15 teams have three to five findings, could have been resolved all of those by the time they will get to review those if they go on the list you know, one, one by one. So, so I think that, that in general, Prioritization is important, but there is a lot of productivity that we can put in the uh, on the prioritization process if we will look on solution rather than on problems. If we will understand how does it impact the real workload on on the real uh, on the real uh, on the real teams, uh, and 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 in general, be a bit more proactive and fix things that have the potential uh, to be risky, even if they are not risky right now. And in general, we kind of trying to help the organization that with automation and productivity to basically fix more and prioritize less because that will put the organization in a more resilient place and walk away from that firefighting, a, a frictionful processes where every other day the backlog is, is changed just because something on the external environment has changed. Absolutely, and of course, when things are prioritized properly, including the backlog, uh, from a security uh, perspective, it also lightens the load on the project teams and the development teams, because then they're able to streamline their processes to meet how the security team is prioritizing and everybody is more synchronized. I guess this is so sort of where the DevSecOps type of ideals come in, when you can really prioritize the dev side and the security side with the operations team, and you can have almost like a, a full uh, pipeline uh, security uh, package. That way, everyone's aligned, everything goes through, the features move, but with the proper amount of security uh, that needs to be done for that sprint. And then the following sprint, you're aligned and you don't have to push things off an extra two weeks because, oh, there's some other vulnerability that just came up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and, and I think that you know that that's the exact thing. We want security to be a backlog, just like it is for features, just like it's for bugs. Okay, security need to be a backlog. It need to be a self service for the developers community, for the IT community, and not something that happens uh, every monthly in a report that is being generated outside of my regular sprint, sprint planning cycle. So the minute that security items will be with bugs, with features in front of the product manager or engineering manager, 
there, things will get more streamlined. We get into the process, will be fixed, will be prioritized correctly, as opposed to the process today where there is features and bugs, and then there is that security overhead that comes every time from the side, and, and I cannot plan for that, and I cannot work for that. There is actually no reason not to do that. There is actually no reason not to create a security backlog for each and every one of, of the teams and let them self-service, let them manage that backlog, let them manage uh, uh, um, the, the progress of this remediation, of course, based on the guidelines and the prioritization and, 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 the, and the logic that security team uh, put in place. Great. Yeah, absolutely. So that brings us to the last question of the episode, which I like to ask all of my guests, which is, can you give us one or two ways that developers and or the security uh, team as well could practice sort of better security on a regular basis without impacting their daily, the daily work that they need to get done, features and, and all that? So, so, so I think that uh, the first thing is, uh, is transparency. And probably the most important thing, I think that one of the biggest shifts that we saw over the last uh, few years is, you know, if you look at an organization on an IT organization is like seven or eight years ago, there is the networking people responsible for network equipment. And there was the, and there was the service people responsible for operating systems and, and servers. And there was the application people, which responsible only for, for code. And there is the security people that responsible for security problems. Now, if you look on the modern development teams and on the modern DevOps, they got the responsibility for networking, for operating system, for application code, for all infrastructure assets besides security. So security was still saying that uh, something on the side that we are getting some kind of uh, alerts or Excel sheets or some escalation every now and then. And, and it's not part, you know, we can self-service and we can take ownership on anything else, but we cannot do it for security. If, if organization will be able to change that, look on, on a security as a, as a co-responsibility of both things, okay? And being able to create transparency and visibility to, to the, the remediation teams, that will go a long way in resolving that friction. Now, one of the problems is that you cannot take a developer and teach him to work with each and every one of your findings tool. So you need to learn to work with your cloud security posture management tool, and you need to learn to work with your vulnerability management tool and, and with your software composition analysis tool. Developers will not do that. But if you will create one consistent backlog across all the tools, it will, it will, it will make it a self-service for that developer. It will make it in a, in a point that as I always say that developers doesn't care how many security tools you have in order to, to scan their entire stack. They want to get one consistent backlog. If we will be able to, to create that, if we will be able to put productivity platform that centralizes all the data, prioritize it between the data sources, normalize it, synchronize it, and make it one consistent backlog, this will go a long way for developers to be able to self-service themselves in security, just like they do in IT, in networking, in, 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 in infrastructure. And that would be, I'll say, the, the holy grail of, 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 of reducing the friction. When people talk about shift left, they are talking about identifying problems earlier in the development cycle. But sometimes that's not enough. Many problems comes in runtime. Many problems comes after fact. And one of the things that we need to also consider is the shift left 
in the responsibility of the security backlog and not leave it just for the security team, but actually develop the culture and the tools and the, and the platforms that will allow also to shift the, 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 the responsibility for the security backlog back to the developers. That will make a long way for them to actually being able to operate that better and have the organization more secure and have security team being back on the a, a governance consulting role rather than on the operational project management role. Fantastic. Ravid, thank you so much. Uh, I know that I got a lot of great information out of this one, uh, and I'm sure the audience will as well. So I appreciate your time and good luck with Simplicity. Uh, looking forward to seeing in the future uh, where you guys go and uh, look forward to potentially speaking again at a later time. Thank you, Jeremy. It was, it was great to be here. Thanks so much and stay secure, everybody.